Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. It's Thursday here in Sydney. It's a Thursday afternoon. It's before Christmas, actually. This uh, this this episode you're listening to now will come out uh, on the 28th of December, Tuesday, the 28th of December. But I'm recording this about a week before Christmas. Um, I've managed to schedule a time with Amir, who's going to join us very shortly. Um, if you haven't been here before, I should just introduce this this part of the podcast. This is Owner Stories. Porsche Cool Podcast, this is Owner Stories. Owner Stories is where I chat to uh, me being Michael Bath, chat to other Porsche owners around the world. We do most of these episodes, or all of these episodes, I should say, through Zoom. It's worked pretty well so far. This is number 63 today with uh, Amir. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy Amir's story. Uh, Amir has a... Um, he has a Porsche at the moment, of course. He's had a few before. And uh, Amir contacted me. And when he contacted me, he said, you know, I'll have some time this week to to record my episode, which I said is fantastic because uh, he's going to be in isolation. He's in uh, he's in hotel quarantine. So he's going to be uh, zooming in from the hotel room while he's in quarantine um, because he's just come off a flight. And I think he'll want to talk about that, but I'm just going to ask him when I uh, connect with him on Zoom if he wants to chat about that side of his story. All right, so enough of that. Let's get uh, Amir on the line. Let's get Amir through Zoom and let's start talking about his Porsche cooled owner story. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Owner Stories. <clears throat> like I said, I did a bit of a, a bit of a quick intro in the beginning, but but very quick. But now I have Amir with me, um, and I'd like you to welcome Amir today. Amir's coming in from a hotel room. He's in quarantine. Good afternoon, Amir. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi. Good afternoon, Michael. I'm uh, I'm glad you came here, and I just want to tell the listeners, Amir is uh, why is Amir in hotel quarantine? Amir is a, a is a pilot, so he's been flying, so he's uh, he's um, doing. How many days are you doing there in quarantine, Amir? I'm uh, doing seven days. Uh, I just arrived from the UK on Sunday. Seven days, so it could be worse. It could be worse. It could be two weeks. Seven days is that it goes pretty could quickly, be two weeks. right? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's. I'm at the Radisson. You know, my company's put me up here, so it's not. It's nothing to complain about. You've that's got okay. internet. You've got food. That's good enough. True. True. That is. That is. All right. So. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, yeah, so Amir is, Amir is from Brunei. He's based in Brunei. Um, for those who don't know where Brunei is, it's in uh, Borneo. Um, he's an airline pilot. He's a, he's a Porsche. He's very passionate about Porsche. He's owned a few Porsches, haven't you, Amir? Uh, and you also have a, a bit of a watch a watch collection, which I want to talk about at the end, because you know I'm into watches, and we have uh, we have a, a similar tastes there actually in in our watch collection. I've noticed there's a few crossovers that you and I are sharing similar watches. Yep, yep, that's right. Uh, we have some similarities uh, and you with have, our collection. Yeah, and you have one that I'm that I'm so, I'm searching after actually that I just tried on in uh, in Bahrain recently, which I've never tried on before, which oh, really? is the, um, really? which, the the GM, the, GM, which one is that? the GMT Master, the Coke. You've got a Coke, haven't you? Or is that a Pepsi? Uh, it's a Pepsi. Oh, it's a Pepsi. It's I a thought Pepsi. it was a Coke. Sorry, Pepsi is just as good. It's almost the same. It's the same coloring, so just a different coloring. But um, I haven't really, I haven't really tried on the vintage um, Rolexes that much. And there was one in Bahrain for sale at one of the grey market dealers, um, the Coke. And I've always liked it. And then I tried it on. I thought, no, this is um, this is something I have to put on the list. That's for sure. But we'll talk about watches uh, towards the end of the podcast. Let's get into it, Amir. Let's start talking about your Porsche story because I think you've got a good one. Um, so I always like to start the podcast where it all began. Um, we all started noticing Porsche at some point in our life. Some of us noticed them as a kid. Some of them, it, you know, some of us had happened much later in life. How did it all start for you? Did you start 
noticing Porsche at an early age or was it something you saw, you know, when you started working or, or a bit later on? Okay. All right. Um, uh, firstly, before I begin, I just, like I said, I'd like to thank you so much for uh, letting me uh, on this Porsche called Owner Stories. Uh, again, just as a background, I've been listening to you for the last two years and I've been following you, sort of silently stalking you. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I've enjoyed you. One of the main podcasts I listen to, I mean, I know there's a few others out there, but I can sort of relate. I think it's more of how how you come across. Uh, you know, it's very good. I, I really enjoy it. Oh, uh, so you. yeah, thank you so much. So the beginning of the journey for my, uh, my Porsche journey was when I was about uh, in the 80s. Uh, late 80s I, I must have been about nine years old uh, I was at school and I could I could really vividly remember that there was one of the kids uh, around my age was picked up in a black 911 so I can only now that I know what year it is it must have been in 1987 uh, one of those uh, 911s with uh, what is it the G the G50. G50, yeah. So um, 3.2 Carrera. Uh, gearbox, 3.2 Carrera, that's right. So it had a whale tail as well. So I remembered that, but I didn't know it was a whale tail. So I saw this kid being picked up by his dad, and I, I remember thinking, that's the most beautiful sports car that I've ever seen. But I didn't know what it was. Yeah, so it is such. That was my first collection. It is an iconic shape, isn't it? I think I think one of the first ones I saw was was similar. It was a... It was either a Carrera like that or it was a Targa, I can't remember. And I remember it had roof racks on it and had skis on there. Um, something I saw it in Sydney when I was visiting my brother here and it was a long, long time ago. But it was, it was something that sticks in my mind, which I didn't really know what a Porsche was at that point. That's right. That's right. So you see that Carrera. So, you know, sometimes it takes a long time to get into a Porsche, right? So we have, we have those sort of memorable cars along the way, the cars that kind of... I guess in some some ways they make us appreciate the Porsche better, more so when we get it. You know, we realize that how great it is, but also cars we might regret selling along the way. Are there any cars along the way that you want to tell the listeners about that were that were quite memorable in in, in pushing you into into the Porsche thing? Um, probably, probably not um, pushing me, but I, I obviously <laughs> that's the wrong choice of words. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my my. No, no, it's fine. The, the, the cars that I've had, well, the first car that I ever owned was a Audi A4, a 1.8 turbo. Uh, I think it was 90, in the 97, 98 time. That was my first car. Okay. So, so just to give a back history, I, came, I, I did my airline training as a cadet in the UK, in England. And when I came home in 97, 98, I needed to get a car to drive to work. Now, you must remember I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten my flying license before my driver's license. So the first six months was my dad sending me to the airport. Right. I hadn't got my driver's license yet. So he right. sent me in after six months when I got my driver's license, I needed my own car. So I, at the time, I wasn't, I wasn't one of those kids who was a car geek who knew everything about cars. All I knew was I needed a car and I wanted a nice car. So I wanted to get a Skyline, Nissan Skyline GTS. Okay. Two doors. If you remember that, it looked like yeah, nice. uh, a GTR, but it was the GTS. Yes. However, my mother, I'm a bit of a mummy's boy. Um, <laughs> my mother said, 
don't get a two-door sports car because you need to have a four-door so you can bring us, you can bring everyone. It's easy to transport. So somehow I got pushed into the four-door super sedan, super saloon, if you can call that a super saloon at the time. Um, and it was a good car, to be honest. And that was probably one of the longest cars I've ever owned. I had it for six years. Um, so, because obviously I was a first officer, so the ranking of a pilot when you start off after being a cadet pilot is a first officer. Right. We don't get paid as much as uh, a, a captain. Right. The time. Um, so during the six years, uh, saving money and, you know, having, you know, growing up, uh, you know, when you're 18, 19, you don't know much about the world. You think you do, but you don't. And and as you grow older, you you get a certain taste of what you like. And then I decided after that, uh, I had a few cars after that, which were like little airport cars, like the Mitsubishi Colt. You remember what the yes, Mitsubishi Colt is? Yeah, yeah. That was my that was my airport car. So, um, but the first car that I got was a sports car that sort of could push me into the 911 world. Was the Mazda MX-5? Okay. Which is a good car, which is a car a lot of people have owned along the way to their Porsche journey. And some people even have, a, a, you know, MX-5s or Miatas, as they call them in the, in the US, a, alongside their Porsche collection. So that's quite a fun car. Yes, so right. it's, it's a fun car. It's small. It's nimble. How is the, you know, I just want to talk about um, Brunei, actually. How is the car culture there, the Porsche culture? Are there a lot of, do you see a lot of Porsches? Right. Like when you were growing up in Brunei? Um, do you see a lot of Porsche on the road or do you see, you know, a lot of, you know, no. any Ferraris or things no. like that? Is there a, is there a lot? Right. There's not. Okay. First of all, let me just give you a picture for the whole world. Nobody yes. knows where Brunei is. Everybody sometimes <laughs> confuse Brunei as Dubai, Dubai in the Middle East, but no, Brunei is a tiny country. And in recent years, I'm not going to talk about the political state of the country, yeah. um, we have a monarch, which is a sultan, yes. and he's a he's a he's a good he's a great king. He takes care of us, the citizens and the non-citizens. Yes, and we're treated very well. Uh, everything's obviously we're basically taken care of. Now, paint your picture with tiny country. We're smaller than Delaware State in the U.S. Right. Okay. Yes. And our population is four hundred and fifty thousand today. So it's a very small population, yeah. It's very small, and even the 450,000, maybe 100,000 are expats. Wow. That so many. even smaller. That many. So you can understand when, when it comes to the car culture, there's two types of car culture. There's the JDM culture. Yes. And then there's the European car culture. Right. Sometimes there's a crossover. Sometimes there are people who like both. There is a difference in the culture. But I'm guessing the JDM culture is very strong, right? That would be very strong in Brunei. It's very strong. It's very yeah. strong. No, the, the, uh, Because it's more achiever, attainable. Yeah, of course. And the reason why I ask you about that is because it's quite well known that the Sultan of Brunei um, had an amazing car collection, right? Yes, yes, he does. He does. I have Personally, obviously, I haven't seen it, uh, but he does have all the... Uh, rare Ferraris and all that. But, but he has a great car, his daily car, and he's a... Uh, when he drives around, we see him. We see him driving around, of, uh, not often, but when we do, he drives this really beautiful Mercedes uh, G G class. Okay, uh, not G class. Um, the G the G wagon. Sorry. I'm just I'm just bringing that in for the listeners because I mean, if you look at cars that come up on collecting cars, and there was one just recently that was previously owned by the Sultan of Brunei. Um, you know, there's there's like quite a lot of um, there are quite a lot of cars that do come up every now and again where they mention that they that they 
they, they come from Brunei, from the royal family. So let's talk about Porsche. Let's talk about your first Porsche. So you start thinking about what you want to get. How long ago did you start thinking, I think I might start, look, I'll start looking for Porsche and I'll start looking at a Cayman or a Boxster or a 911. How did you go about that and what did you start looking for, Amir? All right. So uh, again, I'll just give you another backstory. When I was about 15 years old, yes, I was in, in a public, uh, uh, I was at somewhere called the Science College in Brunei. And it was one of like the best schools uh, where everyone goes to. You're selected. You can only be selected to go to that school. But obviously, I'm not saying that I'm smart. But when I got there, I realized that there were tons of other people who were smarter than me. So I didn't do really <laughs> well at school. Yeah. Uh, funnily enough, half of the pilots in our airline are from that school. Right. And that's because uh, even though they couldn't become doctors and engineers and all these top guys, but because of our, uh, I think, cognitive ability and slightly, slightly, I'm not saying I'm smart, slightly above average intelligence, we could fly airplanes in a bit. But anyway, so I was at school at 15 years old and there was a, you know, one of those career talks. I don't know if you ever had a career yes, talk. Yes, yes, yes. So one of the career talks was uh, professional pilots. Okay. So when I was 15, a guy, a guy comes up in this black 911. And, it, and now that I know what 911 it is, it was a <laughs> 1980s 911, the same, not the same 911, but it looked like the same 911 that, that, that I saw when I was 10 years old or nine years old. Right. And this guy popped up right in front of the main hall, the main entrance. He parked it right there. And he got out and this guy wore a pilot's uniform and he was, he had sort of like graying, slightly graying hair by the sides. He had black hair, but he looked like one of those suave debonair pilots in uniform. And he starts walking with his briefcase and he walks towards us and goes into the halls and all of us teenage kids looking at him going, wow, this guy is so cool. And, and then he gives a talk, he gives a talk for about half an hour and and we were all mostly impressed, especially the guys, the boys. And then he finishes off. He walks out to his car. And I can I think you remember the sound of a flat six. Yes. It is air cooled flat six. And I thought to myself, <laughs> right, I want to be that, that was guy. It. I want that to was be, it. That was it. <laughs> but, but here's funnily enough. You fast forward. Now, that was me at 15. Five years later, I was 20 years old. I was already an airline pilot for maybe about a year or two. Okay. And where was I? I was in the backseat of that very car. Oh, really? Because, because the pilot, his name, was Khal, his name is Khalid Khan, Captain Khalid. Right. And he was the same pilot who interviewed me as well for my selection. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a great story. This is all like coming full so circle, So that was, right? yeah, full circle. And that's the motivation. So you, you become a pilot. You haven't got the Porsche yet. When does the Porsche no, come? I Porsche comes for a long, long time. A <laughs> long, long time. So I, I'm, I'm not... Just People always think that pilots get well-paid. We do. We are well-paid. But yes. you have to remember, we also need to feed our families. We have to pay for the bills. We have yes. to pay the mortgage. We're just like everybody else. Yes, we get slightly more, but we still have to work. So throughout the journey of my car journey, as I learn, I'm, I'm a slow learner. I always learn a bit late about cars. But once right. I'm into it, I really go deep, especially with Porsche and, 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 and with watches, with Rolex. So I go really deep in it. Um, 
I only got the Porsche in 2013. That's okay. a good, uh, that, that was, oh, I think 14 years, 15 years, maybe longer after I started working. Okay, so you, you've, you're sensible as well. It's a, it's a sensible way, and a lot of us are like that. Priorities, there's things that happen, you know, like you said, you've got to eat, you've got to live, you've got to look after your family. Um, Porsche is a luxury. It is, it is something we're all lucky to own and to drive and experience, you know. We always think everyone should experience it, and some will and some won't. So we have to class ourselves as being lucky in that, in that instance as well. So when you're in Brunei, though, you know, there's, there's Porsche dealers in Brunei, there's Porsche specialists in Brunei. Are there a lot of cars on, you know, because you said to me before, and I want to come back to what you said before, there's not, it's not a lot of cars on the road. There's not a lot of Porsches out there. They're quite rare. So how do you go about finding one then? Do you buy one directly from Brunei? Do you buy it from somewhere else? How does that work? And how do you find this first, this first Porsche? Right. So firstly, uh, there is only one Porsche dealership in Brunei. It's the main dealership and there Mm -hmm. are no Porsche specialists. There are only other specialists who do European cars. Right. And we'll talk about cost and pricing later. So the first time I sort of got interested in, I sort of said to myself, I was, a, I was already a captain um, and I was in my early 30s. Uh, it's about 2012, 2013. And I started thinking to myself, you know what? I've had my MX-5. I've got my, I had a Golf GTI. I have a Golf GTI. Okay. I've done all that. Now I need to sort of think, you know, I, I want to, I want to see whether, because suddenly as you, as you grow older and your salary gets a little bit higher and you sort of say to yourself, you know what, you do the man mats. And I said, I think I can afford a Porsche. I just have to figure out how much it costs. Yeah. So I went to the Porsche dealership and I asked around this, I went around the, the cars. And when I looked at the prices, I was gobsmacked. I thought to myself, Oh my gosh, I don't think I can afford this. This is all expensive. Uh, I don't think my wife's going to agree to this. I think we'll have to eat uh, cup noodles. If we, if we're <laughs> Obviously, because I've got a car, other family cars, and I've got a house to, to pay. Yes. But I, I, asked the, I asked one um, sales lady there. She was very good. She still works there. In fact, now she's one of the Porsche ambassadors there. And... Uh, I asked her about Porsche and she had a Porsche Boxster. And I asked her how much she got it for. And she said something like 25,000 Brunei dollars, which is about 25,000 Australian dollars. And it was a 986. And I thought, right. well, that's pretty affordable. It was one of the original, the early ones, right? So then we, we got to walking around the, you know, where all the, you know, so there's a dealership where all the nice cars are inside. There's always a parking area outside where all the other cars are. <laughs> yes. So I walk out and I just started asking her. I just started shooting her with all these questions. Like, what's that car? What's this car? What does this do? Who owns that? Is that car? So she'd be going like, oh, that belongs to this guy. Or that's being serviced. Or that's repaired. Oh, that guy's. And then she goes to me and says, oh, that guy's fixing that. And, and then I go, wow, I really like this particular car. My eyes fixated on this blue a cobalt blue Porsche 987. Okay. So I looked at it and I thought, that's really nice color. And it, and obviously I wanted a 911 because come on, this is the 911. It's, it was the same car and I wanted an air cooled 911. Okay. But no one was selling obviously because they're not making it anymore. Uh, and 
and also obviously uh no one was selling so so i i, I basically fixated on that 987 because it was such a beautiful looking car so it's a 987 boxster or cayman it was a cayman cayman s um, which is a good car and i asked it was a good, it is a good car. Yeah. And I said to her, who owns this? And she said, oh, it's owned by this, uh, this diver, a diver who works in, 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 a, in, a, in an oil company. Okay. And I said, oh, okay. Um, and then I know she's not supposed to, but uh, I said to her, who is it? And she mentioned a name. And, and because Bruno is such a small community, I put two and two together and I realized, you know what? I think I know this guy's brother. Okay. So, I've, so I went home. And I just started asking questions on my contact list and found the guy's number. And I contacted him on, uh, on text. And I said, uh, just wondering, um, I saw your car. Are you selling it? And he said, I'm not really selling it, but I haven't used it a lot. So we struck up a conversation. And because he's a diver uh, and his, I knew his brother uh, from flying school. Yes. And basically, he said to me that he's owned uh, two GTRs, Nissan GTRs, okay. R35s. And, and he, basically, he's telling me he's, got so, he's gone through so many cars. He's basically an enthusiast. He's like one of us. Yeah. But, but I said to him, so what's happened to the car? He says, basically, the batteries died. He basically said he bought a new battery himself and put it together, but he forgot to reset. When he was buying fuel for the car, the car couldn't start. Oh, right. So they had to tow it back and basically he needed Porsche to reset it. Okay. So and you contact him. You con- me, the, the, yeah, I contacted him. I contacted him. Yeah. And is he willing to sell? Does he event he eventually he gives in because he's got GTRs and he's he, got other cars and he does he's not obviously driving it if the battery's gone gone dead on him. He basically said that if he because he wanted to try what what was the whole deal about Porsches. Right. He said to me, I wanted to know what's Porsche all about. And he discovered that, I think he had it only for about a year, maybe two years. Um, he basically said that he, he wasn't in love with the, with the brand. Right. He still loves the, the JDM, I told you, the JDM cars. Yeah, very strong, yeah. Very, very strong. So, he, so he, he, did, he didn't even relent. He said, listen, if you're interested, I'll give you a good price for it. And it was a 2008 model, which is the first gen. So it's got a Tiptronic. And now there's people will say, oh, it's a Tiptronic. Uh, but I had no choice at the time, obviously. And I didn't know much about a Porsche. I did do my homework. Uh, obviously, a PDK would have been better, but there was none for sale. So, and so I how do you... It. But how do you make sure? So this car hasn't been, sorry, Amid, this car hasn't been driven that much, right? It seems like you said he wanted the taste of the Porsche. You see it there, you, you know, you make the guy an offer. Um, and you did mention to me off recording the fact that there's not a lot of manual, you know, Porsches in, in Brunei, right? A lot of them are PDKs or they're Tiptronics. How do you make sure this car is okay, though? Because we always come back to the, you know, the very first Porsche you buy, you're a bit, we're all new to it. We don't really know much about them. Do you take it to the, do you ask the Porsche dealer if this car is sound, this car is like, you know, all okay, there's no issues? How do you go about that process with this car? So what I do is I just went to the the dealership and I just asked the guy outright. I just went, how's the car? And he said, it's good. (laughs) All right. I said, okay, what about the service history? 
And I basically said, listen, I, I'm interested in buying this car, uh, but I need to know the service history. Has, does it have a problem? Is that apart from the battery, uh, which uh, costs something silly like, uh, I don't know how much he paid for it, maybe seven, 800 to replace and diagnose and reset and everything. Yes. Uh, he said, there's nothing. Uh, the car sound. And I said, do, do you mind if I have a look at the service history? He says, yeah, it's, we can tell you there's nothing wrong with it. Because it was, it was like a three-year-old car. I think, I think. So what happened is the car was 2008. Yes. It had sat in the showroom at, for about a year and a half. Okay. Like I said, nobody just comes to a Porsche showroom and just buys it. I, I think that's what it they is sit, in the rest of the world. They sit for a little well. while, yeah. So tell the listeners exactly... So it's a, tell the listeners exactly what it is, because I haven't really asked you. It's a 987.1 Cayman S, you said. It's in blue. Nine, right. So it's a cobalt blue, 987.1 Cayman S. It was Tiptronic. I think the mileage was only 21,000 kilometers. Very low. Or maybe yeah. even less. Or maybe even less. Yeah, very low. Um, it had Spots Chrono. Okay, good. And it had... It had bucket seats because we're in Brunei we don't need any of that ventilated heating and all that stuff yes uh, but it was very very well spec and it's a nice color um, cobalt blue is a nice color the nice um, color. I, the sports yeah. chrono and I don't know much about this and you you might be able to fill me in this one the sports chrono on a Tiptronic does it improve the trip Tiptronic transmission is it like the sports chrono when it's matched with the PDK does it actually tweak it slightly the gear changes or it doesn't do anything do you know uh, Personally, I don't think it really does that much. I mean, I'm not. I, we don't have a track in Brunei, right? So we don't go tracking. The cars yeah. basically used on the road. So I personally, honestly, I do not see any difference when I switched it uh, because you have PASM and you have uh, the sports button. Yes. Okay. So you you find this Cayman. The guy's willing to sell it. You buy the car. This is your first Porsche. How was it? Yes. Tell the listeners exactly how you felt the day you picked it up. Did you pick it up from him? Did you pick it up from the Porsche dealership? How was that first drive? Um, and thinking back at the you time, thinking back at the time of that pilot coming out yeah. for that career talk and seeing that 911, and now you're in a Porsche. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a 911, but it's still a Porsche. It must have been a good feeling. Oh man, it's the great feeling. You know what? This is a funny thing. I, you know what? This guy, he must have. I, I never met him until after I got the car. Okay. So he just said, right. You just take, pick the car up. I said, no, we have to meet. I want to, you know. He said, no, 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 that's fine. You just, once we had all the, the, the deal sorted out, how the payment's done. Right. Just went, no, just pick up the car and get, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pay the remainder of whatever's outstanding of the repairs. And, and that's it. I just picked it up. I, I took it home. And wow, that was a really, you know, you know where the Cayman, right? The engine's right behind. Yes. And you can feel and listen to the, the sound, the sonorous sound of the flat six. It's one of the best sounding feeling, you know. It's really amazing, amazing. It, yeah, it was a really great feeling. It seems, it seems like from people who have owned Boxsters, you know, 986 Boxsters and 987 Boxsters and Caymans, like the sound inside the cabin. I mean, I can't really remember. I've only been in a, box, a 986 Boxster a couple of times. But the sound inside the cabin is is quite beautiful, isn't it? Because of the positioning of the intakes and the positioning of the engine, and it, it is a little bit different to a nine eleven. I think the sound inside a inside a Cayman. I mean, now you own a nine eleven, but you would know. But it, it seems to be a different experience in a in a Cayman or a Boxster. 
Yeah, yeah, it is, it is a bit different because it's close to you. It's really close. To, and you can feel the vibration. Vibrations, more. yeah. The vibration is amazing. And funnily enough, right, I'm not like one of those guys, you know what they call it? Uh, you call him a monkey wrench? Uh, a wrench monkey. <laughs> wrench or, monkey. You know, a guy who, who knows yeah. how to fix stuff, a wrench monkey. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> um, but guess what? It was one of the first cars that I owned that I actually did some mods by myself. Oh, okay. So one of the things on the 987 is the air conditioning. You know, it's so sticky. I think it's the same like your 997.1. Oh, the, 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 um, up and down the sticky toggle switch. Up and down toggle yeah. switch. And I was like, oh my gosh. So somehow I went online uh, back in 2013 and I found somewhere in South America, or was it Mexico, a guy who could send you these stickers. Yes. So, so you fixed that. So I that bought, so I fixed that, that sorted it out. Uh, secondly, yeah. That, that's a very All distressing, right, I find that very distressing, that little bit of detail when you get into your, even though it's a used car you're buying and mine was the same and you go in and you see those air conditioning toggles like that where it's just like all rubbed off. Mine had texture, someone to put like black marker to, to fill in oh. the black, which even looked even worse. So that was one of the first things I did as well. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The second one was, I, if you know the 987.1, it's got these circular, below the headlights, they've got circular fog light. Yes. Right? Now, it looks all right, but it doesn't look as good. So I bought an aftermarket-like mod where you can replace that with little LED strips under it. Oh, okay. So, so I, I don't remember how much I paid for it, but I ordered it. And when it came, I looked up YouTube tutorials. And at the time, and it, I spent maybe an hour just to change it up. And also there was a, I bought the mesh, the mesh underneath it. So that uh, one of those extra things that you can, so that it doesn't go under towards where the, where the, what do you call this? The aircon. Oh yeah. The condenser. Uh, the so the protection, the, the, the mesh. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I bought the mesh. Right. Yeah. I haven't done that. I haven't done that on my 997. I know that you can do it on the 911s as well, yeah, but I didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. So, what about the exhaust? You know, I always like talking about exhaust and sound. Did it have a sports exhaust as standard? You said it had a sport button, right? Yeah, it had a, it had a standard exhaust, but no, the guy didn't spec it with okay. a sport button. So I bought an, an, uh, an IPE exhaust from a JDM dealer okay. in Brunei. Uh, and I think IPE is a Taiwanese company. They're a good exhaust uh, system, the though. Valve. They're quite expensive, right? It's quite an expensive, expensive, expensive part. Yeah. I think I paid I, I pay three or four grand for it. Right. And basically, wow, it changed the car. It was so loud, actually. Was that really switchable, loud. Amir? Was that a switchable exhaust? You could turn it on and off or not? It was a, yeah, it was a switchable exhaust. Yeah, I think I looked at those for my 997 way back earlier on when I first got my 997. I looked at the IPEs because I think I read about it on Renlist. And then I saw the price and I thought, no, I'm going to go for a cheaper option. But they, they were very highly regarded for 997s as well. People thought they were just an amazing sound. Um, so that's amazing. A great, amazing. Yeah, great mod to do. Great mod to do. What else did you do to the mm -hmm. Cayman before you decided you wanted to move on to your next Porsche? Um, that was pretty much it. Obviously, with the uh, exhaust, I didn't do it myself because I'm not, I don't know. Yes. I had to send it to the guy who ordered it for me. Yeah. But no, I, I had the car for about two years. And I really enjoyed it. I took my kids out for it. My wife didn't like it because she said it's too, uh, when she drove it, it was too rough. Uh, it was too low. 
uh, and like she didn't understand the concept of a sports car. Right, right. But my, my children loved it. My children loved it. But your wife must have driven in the, in the MX-5 before. Wouldn't the MX-5 have a similar feel? Did she not like the MX-5 as well? It's just the sports car she, feel? She, she, she loved the MX-5. Oh, really? Uh, she loved the top-down, yeah. But I think the, I never changed. Oh, I, fi- I, did, uh, I put I-Buck low springs on the, my old MX-5. My MX-5 was the NC, the third. Uh, and it was yes. a, uh, a power retractable roof. Right. Do you so wish you would have kept she, the? Do you wish you would have kept that one, the MX Five, because they're quite collectible now, aren't they? They're going, they're getting uh, more and more sought yes, after. I should have, I should have kept all my cars. <laughs> That's a good afterthought. So um, I don't know. Th- I don't think you've got a picture of the Cayman on your Instagram, have you? I'll just let the listeners know now before we get further into your story. Um, go and follow Amir on his Instagram. It's at Nine Alpha, um, Nine Alpha as in the German spelling. So it's N E U N. E-L-F-E-R, so 9-Alpha, nine 9-Alpha nine underscore, actually, at 9-Alpha underscore. It'll be in the description of the podcast. So go and uh, have a look at Amir's cars and give him a follow. Um, I don't think the Cayman's on there. Is it, Amir, from memory? There's one picture of it. There's okay. one picture right. where I wrote down, like, circa 2000-something. Okay. All right. So um, there is a picture. Okay. Fantastic. So, you, you, you know, you've owned this car for a couple of years. It's your first Porsche. It's a Cayman S. You know, there's the, the 987.1 is a great car. It's a Tiptronic. You know, you would have preferred a manual, but there's nothing wrong with Tiptronics. So then you're driving the car, you think, okay, what I really, really want, and this bug will, you know, has happened to a lot of people who have had boxes and Caymans. What I really want is a 911. Is that what happened to you? Did yeah. you start actively searching for a 911 uh, or did, you just, did it just happen one day where somehow one fell in your lap, so to speak? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think it would be, I think we all would be lying if we said once we have a car, we'll never look for another one. <laughs> True. So... So, you know, so obviously back of my mind was, oh, yeah, I still do want a 911. Funnily enough, you know, that same captain who introduced me to his 911. Yes. He years earlier uh, in 2009, he wanted to sell me his air-cooled 911, which oh, had okay. a Tiptronic. So I think his was a 964, if I'm right. not mistaken. Uh, he had an, he had another 911 after that, so he wanted to sell it to me for something. If I tell you now, it was fifty thousand dollars. He wanted to sell me fifty thousand Australian Cheap. in two thousand and nine. Yes, but he had a problem. He said the gearbox was always stuck at three or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Okay, he said, that, the only way that's not so a good deal. Then. You can't drive it in automatic, <laughs> right? So you had to always change it if you want. You had to manually physically change oh, really? it with. With so I thought to myself, well, that's kind of a yeah, yeah, I'm no. not going to buy a car because I think I'd be spending another twenty thirty thousand absolutely for a new vehicle. But he managed to sell it to a, uh, a buyer from abroad, I think Hong Kong or somewhere. Okay, so he had someone else bought it. Anywho, um, yeah, so I I, I wanted a nine eleven, and uh, I really at that time I was really desperate. I really wanted a nine eleven, and I there was no one, and I didn't want to buy a brand new one because brand new one. Yes, uh, I've got I've got four four kids, the uh, listeners. Okay, and to you, Michael, I've got four children. Right, uh, most of them are teenagers now. Um, at the time, I only had three. Right, so I've got a five year old now. So this is twenty twenty one. So in two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen, I had a uh, three kids, and they all. One time, I drove them around my little village where, where I live. Right, yes. I put two of them. They were at the time five or six. Two of them, and it was just a short drive out the neighborhood and then come back. Two of them were in the, the passenger seat. One of them was in the, the center, you know, 
pedestal, you know, with a little holder. So I've got there's a picture somewhere of me. Is that safe for me? Is that safe? No, no, it's, no, 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 outside never. Of course, it's not safe. No, 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 I'm not. It's not safe at all. But uh, and my wife was upset when she found out. But they always wanted to go out with me, and whenever I go out with them, I could only take one of them. Right. right? So yeah, I thought the, the justifiable reason to get nine eleven. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like how you just I like how you're going to justify this to your wife that you need a 911 because you need the four seats. This is what we're getting to, right? <laughs> this is what we're getting to. So here's the story. I was really desperate. I looked everywhere. I looked on online. Uh, I didn't want to get a brand new one because it was too too much, and so so I had to search. So I knew one guy, right, a really good friend of mine, who's uh, it's kind of a bit of a sad story, but sad story because. The owner of this 991 was a successful businesswoman who had passed away due cancer. Okay. And she had passed, she had bought the car uh, maybe 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. She had it for about two, three years, or maybe four years. And, but during that time, she had she, basically she passed away. But her, her husband is a good friend of mine. Now, when I had my 987, the first year I had my 987, he had up, she, he, she had passed away and she had passed and he, we had a drink, uh, we had a sit down, me and my friend, and he actually offered the car to me. But at the time, it was just too much. The, the balance with the financing, I just could justify it. But two years later, when I was really itching for a 911, <laughs> actually, I didn't remember what happened to the car. So I actually gave him a call. And I said to him, um, you got that 9-11? And he says, yeah. And he said, why? He says, have, you, have you driven it? He says, no, it's, it's in the house. Uh, my, my mother-in-law uh, is, is taking over uh, the car. And, and basically, her, his late wife's mom had taken over the car. And it's, she only uses it to drive to her office five minutes away from home. Okay. Every day? She says, no, not even every day, only sometimes. And I thought, okay. So he says, why? I says, are you interested? He says, well, if you're really interested, um, uh, I can check with the, with the bank how much is left. So anyway, cut long story short, he told me how much was left. And I thought, wow, that's not a bad deal. Okay. So I said to him, I was interested. He said, you can talk to my father-in-law. And, and I knew the father-in-law is a really nice guy, a really gentleman. They're, they're a great family. But basically they, did, they didn't. They didn't have a need for the car. All right. So, I, I, so we agreed the terms, and I picked it up at his house, and, his, and he, he opened the door, he sat in, and it was quite sad. He said, you know what, this is, I, haven't walked, I haven't stepped into this car in like two years. Yeah, that's sad. My wife passed, and it yeah. was sad. I said, I, I stopped, you know, I stopped, and I realized, I said to him, you sure you want to sell this to me? Because if you, you've got sentimental reason... And he said to me, nah, you can take the car. I don't drive it anyway. And, <laughs> and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> but I guess you're a friend as well, so, so it also helps, right? That you are a friend and it's going yeah. to someone that he knows. So tell the listeners what That's it is because right. it's a 991. You said it was a 991. It's about a 2013 model, is it? Just tell the listeners exactly so it what, was a, what it was, um, Amir. So it was a 2013 991.1, naturally yes. aspirated. It was in God's red. PDK, I think the mileage was, again, I'm really, I think it was only 21,000 kilometers. So low, yeah. It's so low. And, and, and I, it, 
it has 20 inch Carrera Carrera wheels. Yes. And it's just a beautiful car. Now, to be to be honest, I don't I'm not really a red car kind of guy, you know. I'm more of a darkish colors, like sort of like sort of a toned down yes. color kind of guy. But because I was so desperate, I wanted a 911. I just said, I'll take whatever I have. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at your get. Instagram. I mean, tell, tell the listeners every option it has because you've obviously added things to this. And I'm looking, looking at your Instagram and the 991, I'm not a big red fan either. I'm not a big red Porsche fan. Okay. But I think in the 991, and I've seen a few of them, certain colors suit certain generations. And I think the red actually works quite well with the 991. Um, I'm not a big fan of red 997s. Um, I think when they're different type of reds, like, you know, the metallic Camola reds or the other reds, like some of the owners have had, I think they're okay. But I think in the 901 and yeah. yours, and especially because I've noticed yours has got the um, Porsche script stripe on the side as well, which actually really does bring it all together with the wheels. And I love those wheels because they're those, what are the wheels called again? I think they're called Carrera Carrera wheels. Um, I don't really know, but I think it's Carrera. Yeah, and there's a there's a yeah, picture on your Carrera Insta- S wheels. There's a picture on your Instagram, um, Amir, the side profile one where you're parked in a car park. It looks like it's in front of a mosque. Um, yep, yep. And that is just um, yeah, it's a great shot. It's a great looking car. Um, and also you've got the black leather interior. Have you? Is it leather interior or just part leather interior? Yep, it's got it's got leather interior. It had sports chrono. I think I think you know what? I think every time the Brunei de- the Porsche Brunei dealership bring in their cars, they spec it with sports chrono. They they spec it really high and they spec it higher, mostly yeah. leather. Uh, yeah, and this decal that I bought was from a place called in the US called KI. KI Industries or KI. Oh yes, yeah, remember. I've heard of that. I, think I don't know whether that. they're still around or not. I don't know whether they're still around, but I. Yeah, a lot of those, um, it, a lot of the decal places got yeah. closed down by Porsche. They wouldn't let them operate anymore. Even the guy I think that I got my decal oh, right. from doesn't actually operate anymore. So what was it? What was the experience though? Because you, you know, you had the Cayman, right? Um, and you've gone in, mm-hmm. and the Cayman's a Tiptronic, and we always like about yeah. you know talking about that driving experience. So you pick up your first 911. Now you're in the 911. It's not a black one. It's not an air cool, yeah. but it's a 911, and it's a PDK. Yes. You like the idea of a PDK. Yes. How was the experience from driving the PDK? Well, two things. How was the difference between the feeling that you had, the difference between the, the Cayman and also the difference between the transmission? Which one was was a bigger difference, you think? Well, I'm going to be – I think it's quite obvious here. The PDK is better than the Tiptronic for, for, you know, no question asked, you know, <laughs> you, you – I'll, I'll, when I when my friend offered me, I had the 987, right? And he offered to sell it to me. We were we were talking to each other, and and that was the first time I drove his car. He said, "You want to drive the 991?" I said, uh, "You know, your it's your late wife's car. I don't feel good driving it." He says, "No, it's just like another. It's like a Porsche. Just drive it." So I drove the car on the highway in Brunei, and oh my gosh, the nine the PDK was like, you know, if you ever played Gran Turismo game, it was yeah. like. Boom, 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 boom. It just, whereas the Tiptronic had a bit of a lag, right? Yes. So I just, I just drove it really fast on the highway. I came back. I, I brought it back, back to where my car was parked. And I said, look, I don't, I think I should stop driving this car because the longer I stay, I'm going to want this car. <laughs> and I don't think I can afford it. So that was the first time I drove a 911, his 911 anyway. But uh, when I got the car, it was, amazing it was um uh the pdk was night and day from tiptronic and then i realized okay 
this, this is PDK is not bad. In fact, it's not even not bad. It's fantastic. It's fantastic, which a lot of people say. When, yeah, a lot of people say when they yeah. get the PDK, it's actually very, very good. Um, so the mm. car itself, though, Amir, was it? It was in good condition, right? Like you said, the mother was was driving it. Had it had yeah. uh, regular servicing. Everything was in order. Was there anything you had to do when you picked up the car? Did you have to get a service yeah. done? So, so what I did. So what I did was because I was now more knowledgeable in in certain cars. Um, now, when I got the nine eight seven, I was aware of the issues with uh, the the M ninety seven M ninety six engine, yes. uh, which is some of it with IMS, some of it with scoring. So I was aware of it. It wasn't like I was walking in blind. But um, I was happy with how the dealership had, uh, had had told me, and I actually also looked. Uh, they were very open about it. But on the 991, now you have to remember the 987 is a pretty mechanical car, right? Yes. Yeah, it's got all the ECUs and all all that, but it doesn't have as many computers. And just like aeroplanes, you know, I've flown. Um, I've flown. Um, my first aeroplane was a Fokker 100. Uh, back in the 90s, and then I flew Boeing 767s, which is, and then I flew Airbus 320s, and now I'm on a 787 uh, Dreamliner pilot, right? So these machines, the, the, the which late- must be amazing, by the way, which must be amazing when you're in that cockpit of that plane. It must be an amazing feeling. It, it is. It is an amazing feeling. I mean, sometimes I pinch myself and ask myself, how the yeah. heck did I get here? But, but you know, that's how life is. The journey is right, and and so. The 767, the Boeing 767, is like a naturally aspirated uh, hydraulic power steering cooled because right. you didn't have fly-by-wire. Uh, okay. Okay. The Airbus 320 is like electric steering. All the right. Boeing 787 is like driving a 992. It's got so many computers. Okay. So the 991, it's like flying a plane with a little bit more computers, right? And it's a GT car. It's like, it's more for on the highway. That's how I felt anyway. I felt like, you know, it's slightly bigger, longer yes. wheelbase. And so and so I was a bit worried when I bought the, before I bought the car, I thought, you know what? I better do a PPI. So I paid for a PPI okay. at the dealership. So I paid for the dealership PPI. They had like a thousand point checks, whatever checks they had. And they just came out with, um, oh, by the way, you need to replace the tires. You need to change uh, the battery. And I was like, oh, is that it? Said, yep, that's it. There's nothing wrong with the engine? Nope, there's nothing wrong with the engine. This is a solid car. 991s are solid cars. Oh, that's good. Uh, the dealership said we, they don't have many problems with 991s. That's good. So, so just general maintenance items, just things you would think that would happen yeah. anyway, you know, tires, batteries, just normal sort of things. So it's good you got a PPI anyway because it is a slightly yeah. higher purchase, isn't it? It's more money. Yeah. It's more money than the 987 Cayman yeah. S. So you've got the 991 because I want to get in before, we, you know, I want to get into your, in your current car. So you've got the 991, you're in the 911. Um, did you have any issues during the period of ownership and, and how long did you own that car for, Amir? So I owned the car for about two and a half years, maybe. Two okay. Yes. Um, so I bought after the PPI, they they gave me an option to buy an extended warranty. Yes. Because the car was four years old, and I I did my calculation. I went, you know what? This is a car which has some computers, and it costs. And I bought it for a lot more. And I don't think I'd like it if it breaks down in the first two years. I don't think I want to dip into my savings or my emergencies. Yes. So I bought the two year a two year extended warranty. 
Okay, that makes and sense. The thing that came out during the the two and a half years I had was, you know, the roof line as the interior cabin. Yes. It started dropping. Uh, oh, really? The fabric just started sort of. Yeah, it was. I don't know whether it's a European car thing. It's pretty common in Brunei. Maybe it's because it's hot. I don't. Know. I know it happens in Bahrain. In Bahrain, it happens to a lot of cars where the roof lining will will fall. Um, but is right. that a common problem with the nine nine one? Is that have you seen that come up on the forums no. or anything? I haven't seen um, that as a common no, problem. I haven't seen that, but I did ask the guy, and he says, uh, "No, it's uh, it, sometimes it happens, but I guess it's happened now." So yeah. I said, well, it's under warranty. Can you have it replaced? So this was like two, three months. So mind you, two, three months after I bought it was the car was probably on its fifth year. Right. So it was under warranty and they, they ordered the parts from Germany and it came in about a month and then they called me in and it took them about a few days to install it. And I think it cost them, I saw the bill. It was about four and a half Four and a half thousand Australian dollars. So, so it was worthwhile then. Having the warranty was definitely worthwhile then. That's for sure. <laughs> it was definitely worthwhile. Absolutely. And then on the second, on the second year, I had noises coming from the like the bushing on the the front left, the front left. Every time you go over a hump, yes, I could hear on a slow speed. You could hear like that kadung, like right. kadung sound. And I was like, uh, something's wrong here. Something, you know, you know, when you're a pilot and you hear noises, you always yeah. go. Hmm. Okay, is the car drivable? Yeah, it's still drivable. On high speeds, there was nothing. Okay. Took it to them, uh, to the dealer, and again, they said, yeah, you need to replace your left arm link or, or one of the joints to okay. the front. And he says, when we replace that and it's under warranty, we might as well replace the right one as well. Yeah, they do it in So I was yeah. like, I said, okay, fine, do it. And then that cost another 4000 or something like that. Well, there you go. That's the best, you know, getting a warranty if you and, can and get yeah. one. It's a good thing, isn't and, it? Even and, though you had the PPI, the nothing left, showed yeah. up. You know, these things just happen nothing after you up. take ownership. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely yeah, worthwhile. Uh, and the last thing was on the right, on the driver's side of the seat, it's leather uh, on the door panel. It started coming. Um, it started, I think it's because of the heat. It's, I think the glue started coming off and it started coming towards me. You know what yes. I mean? Yes, I've actually that and that one I've not, heard about. That's a common problem though with no. the 991.1, right? That's happened to yeah. other people. I've seen that. I've seen oh, that. Oh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. The top part of the door, right? The top part of the plastic correct, of the door. Correct. Yeah, that's a that's yep. a common um, fault with that car. I think James at Auto Amateur on YouTube. I think he had it happen to his 991.1, and I I did see something on probably Renlist or Piston Heads or something in the UK that that was a common issue with um, 991s that you should look at. There was something with the glue, the earlier glues they used or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so you've so got I the... So I had that replaced, so yep. I had it replaced, and that cost God knows how much. So in total, I thought to myself, well, that was a, it's a good thing I got the warranty. Well, it makes you want to get it in the future, doesn't it? If, you, if you've used it that much, it really does make a, yeah. it does make a difference. You, like you said, you didn't have to go yeah. into your savings. You took the preventative measures. You did a PPI. Nothing shows yeah. up, but these things just happen. Um, you yeah. know, I've just had a huge bill on the minor nine seven, but that was just because not because it was left for two years, but because it's sixteen year old car and, and things happen and you have mm. to eventually get things, you know, replaced and they all add up. It's not the price of one thing, it's the price of three things or four things, isn't it? And that's what happens. Mm. So Amir, mm. you're in the nine oh one. I want to talk about I want to talk about the next yeah. one because it's it's something close to me and you know, I I'm a big fan of the nine nine seven. So 
how do you, why do you decide to sell the, ni- the 901? Do you want something more analog? Are you looking for an air-cooled? What made you switch it out for your next 911? Okay. Um, so, as, as you know that, uh, as you get to know a car, you, you get to discover it's the idiosyncrasies and the foibles or what you like, what you don't like. You know, one mm-hmm. of those videos where you make, I think you've made one of these, like five things I hate about the 911. Really? Five things I love about the 911, you know? Yep. <laughs> so if I would make a video, one of the things that I didn't like about the 991 was the size, the size of the car. Okay. So coming from an MX-5 and a Golf TTI and a Suzuki Swift Sport, Yes. And then 987 Cayman, I discovered that, you know what, this car's quite, and you know, the it's a sport, it's not a sports, uh, the suspension is a normal suspension. So it sits a little bit higher than what I'd like. Like, yes. Obviously, I could probably get an aftermarket, but I was just too lazy to get one because it's my daily, it's a daily car. I don't have any other car except for my family car when, when I, when, uh, at that time. So I didn't want to have a lowered car and have to deal with, you know, avoiding, you know, one of those humps and you do one of those sideways things that all yeah. these, you know, we have to do. I didn't want any of that hassle. Yes, I do it all the time. So, I know what it's like. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So I, I just didn't like the size. I could feel that it was slightly bigger. I don't know. I don't yes. know whether anyone on a 991 community would relate can relate but one that was it number two was the color kind of bothered me sometimes sometimes i feel like i don't want i don't want people to see a red 911 i want to drive in a i like either a black or a silver or a gray or a dark blue or you know what i mean that's the sort of car color that i i would or white even but not a god's red which is beautiful, okay? On the 9 and one it's just beautiful. Uh, lastly, uh, it was the steering. Okay. The electric steering wasn't that great. Right. Um, Which was the change I, from the 997 generation to the 991, right, where they changed the steering. Correct. Steering feel changed. So the 987, the 987 came in was a hydraulic steering system, and yes. this was the electric system. Yes. And even though I've had other electric cars, I don't mind having electric steering on a normal family car or a normal car, but on a sports car. And what I've re- now read on the internet is the first earlier versions of the electric steering of the 991 wasn't that great. Okay. And that sort of, now that I understand it, like, oh, no wonder it didn't feel that great. I think the 991.2 is, I, I read about it, is better. And it's even better, now, you know, the 992 okay. is really... I think people are saying 992 because I've got a couple of friends who've got 992 and they say okay. the steering is amazing. So, All right. So, so the feel of the car, the steering, the size, you know, and then you start searching, you, you know, you start searching for another 911. How much choice do you have when you start searching though? Because already you've said, you know, the, the, the Cayman you found, you know, by contacting, you know, the guy that you saw the car, the, the diver, the, the 991... Right. The 991, the 991 was her, you know, a friend. She passed away. So how do you yeah. go about finding something smaller? So you're going to start looking at 997 or 996 or air-cooled. 
How do you find the next car, Amir? So one of the things that I've sort of, uh, the itch that I needed to scratch was a manual 911. And it's very hard to find. Right. Nobody, <clears throat> nobody buys a manual 911 in Brunei. Everybody's just PDK. Um, so I asked the dealership if they were bringing in the 991 Carrera T. Okay. And I had just missed the boat. They, they, had, they said they don't make it anymore. So uh, that's, that's not an option. So I sort of went, okay. And, but I knew that I wanted a smaller, a smaller sort of more, more smaller 911. Yes. Um, there was a gentleman selling a, nine, a 911 Targa, a 964, for about 80,000 Australian dollars. Okay. But I think it needed some, a lot of work on it. Um, and I didn't want to, you know, I'm one of those guys who like, you buy a car, you get in, you drive it. Yes. I don't want to spend too much time and money fixing it because I just don't have enough time. I've got, I've got work to do. I've got, you know, kids to send to school to. Yep. So, so you need a well-sorted so, car. You want something you can drive yeah, pretty much straight I want away. Something that if, if I'm going to, yeah, that's right. That's it. But even though it might need some basic maintenance, tires, you know, basic things like that, yeah. that's all good. But you don't want any major problems. So, so how yeah. do you so that's how right. do you find it then? Because there's not many cars in Brunei. We keep coming back to this. There's not many Porsches no. there. You know, so well, how do you find well, this car? So what I found out was um, there were cars coming up on the used dealer market. So during COVID um, 2020, in 2020, people yeah. were some people were selling their cars. Right. But obviously they didn't I, I think what happened is they don't want to get they're just they're just selling their car to the used dealers to get money or they're trading it for something else. Okay. Maybe another different type of car. So I noticed that on the used dealership on their Instagram or on their social media accounts, I noticed in twenty twenty there were like two or three nine elevens popping up. But every time I look at it within a day, it was sold. Right. You, because that's how sorted out sought after the 911 is but can i ask and, you amir can i just ask yeah, you before you go sure. any further is this because of COVID? were the prices going up in brunei as well was the used market the prices going up because we know a lot of people during COVID they were selling their used car and buying new cars right or trying to buy a new car because you could make quite a bit of money yeah. on the on the 911 you already owned was the price mm. going up in a big way in brunei or was it quite stable um it was quite stable okay um, because what happened is now is uh, there's a, a, glut, a glut of cars, used market cars sold because um, I think, uh, I, I'm not sure how the economy, uh, uh, how it tot- really works in terms of the car business, but I can only imagine that some people were losing their jobs and yeah, had to right. get rid of their cars, Okay. Yeah, especially in the transport industry. However, the economy is still running because, because um, but people had more money actually. Yes. Um, in 2020, last year, uh, the Porsche Brunei had their best sales year ever. Really? Wow. Because all these rich, wealthy uh, people are not yes. flying off to do their spending $50,000 on their holidays. So guess where they're going to spend their $50,000? Yeah, there's ex- excess it's cash. On, it's, on a, it's on a 992 Turbo mm. or a 718 Cayman or okay. a Porsche Macan. 
So they're trading in their, they're obviously Porsche owners, they're not first time Porsche owners, right? So they're trading in their previous models to get up to the 992. So you're seeing more on the market because the car you bought, and I want you to introduce it shortly, the car you bought, which is in the title anyway, but it's quite a rare car. The 997.2 is a rare car. It's not easy to come about in PDK or manual because not a lot of them were made. You're so right. You know what? I was so lucky. You know, it's, this is what's happened, right? Um, I was scrolling through um, Instagram. Yes. And on the on one of the you know the explore page, you know, and it's always cars. And I saw this gray nine nine seven, and then I clicked on it, and I went, wait a minute, this is in this is in Brunei. And then I yes. looked at it. It was in one of the used dealership that was about an hour's drive away. By the way, just to put in context, when you drive from one end to Brunei to the other, it's only one hour. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so it was quite a journey. <laughs> so I looked at it and I, and I thought to myself, right, I'm going to have a look at this. This car just came out. It just came out on that post that very day. So I went the next day. I brought along my son. I brought along my son. Uh, and I said to him, we're going to look at 911s. And he's about 11. Right. He looked at me and said, are you getting a 911 again? <laughs> right. So when we arrived there, I see it right there in the lot of the used car dealer. And the first thing I looked at it and I said, okay, Carrera 2, it's fine. 997. And I knew, all right, yep, the dot two. It's got, because only the, the dot two has the PDK. Yes. And the first thing I said was, uh, has anyone bought this car to the to the to the sales guy? And he said, "Well, there's one lady. There's a, actually one lady who's had a look. There's uh, two guys who've come earlier this morning, but no one has said it." And I just said to him, "You know what, Michael? This is this is the problem with me. I'm very I can be very impulsive." I just yes. said, "Right, uh, I'm gonna I want to book this car. I want to take it for a test drive." He says, "Right, uh, just take it for a test drive now." Okay. <laughs> So I took the car out with him and we took it around, around the, he asked for my details. I had to fill a form and all that. And then I drove it around for about 20 minutes and I just knew straight away, like, this is it. This is the car. So did you buy it on the spot? I bought it on the spot. I basically said, listen, I've got a flight tomorrow. I'll give you a deposit. I'll transfer money to your account. I, I didn't even check. The PPI. How crazy was I? How crazy was that? Did you check it afterwards? Did you check it afterwards? I I had. But before I actually said I'd buy, I called the dealership in Brunei. And and I just called the service guy who I knew very well. And I said, do you know this car? So and so. And basically I asked about it. And he says, yeah, uh, has this car been always been there? All the history of it. It's like an 11-year-old car. He says, Yep, we know that car. It's good. No problem. Oh, that's good. We know the owner. That we know the previous owners. Yep, three previous owners before. Okay, I and want you it was to all service there. Let's tell the listeners exactly what you bought because this car, your car, really interests me. You know what I mean? Because the color, like I, I only realized I think probably last week when I was looking at your Instagram again that it, for some reason, I thought your car was silver, and then I thought it was white, and then I realized it's not. It's 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 a really unique color that almost looks like the sports classic color 
and I'm not sure what Correct. it's called. I'm not sure what it's called, Correct. and I'd like to know if you if you found anything about the history of that color and tell the listeners. But just tell the listeners exactly what you um what you found and what you now drive, um, Amir. Okay, so apparently the original color of the car is black. So the previous owner before me had must have decided that he wanted to make it into a sports classic. Oh, really? Right. Okay. Yeah, so he colored it in a good, it was a good, the workmanship of that paint, so good. I, I, and it ah. was called crayon, crayon gray, right? Yes. So it's so, like the classic crayon chalk color then. Is that what it is? It's it actually was, the... It was a, correct. It was like the sports classic color. And I looked at it and I thought, I, and to be honest, I didn't know anything about the sports classic. Right. Before I bought the car. It's only after I bought the car that I discovered, <laughs> oh, there's something called a 911 sports classic. I did some homework and I realized, wow, there's 250 of these sports classics for something ridiculous for 200,000 yeah. pounds or something. Exactly. So the, the, so the previous owner had a complete paint job done on the car. He completely changed the color completely everything it was a really good job as well did you look into that though because you know sometimes that scares people when cars have had a you know repaint i mean there are people now yeah, who I, are changing the color of their cars you know we know we see them on youtube they're buying new cars and, and getting them resprayed yeah how yeah, did you that's, how that's did you true. check that that was going to be okay though amir but that there wouldn't be any issues for you down the line because it's not a new car I checked, so what so what i did was i knew straight away that I realized, I looked at the history of the ownership of the car, that the car used to be black. Right. Because I had met this car before when it was right. in black color. Right. It was in another, it was in Brunei in a, in a, so the previous owner had owned a car detail, a detail company. Okay. So it was in, so he had kept the car in his detailing showroom. And I realized that I've met this car before because ah. it's one of the only, there's only like one or two 997.2 Carrera 2s in Brunei. So it's not like there's 10 or 20. There's only like two or three. Wow. Or one or two. So I knew this car straight away and I did the research of the history. And I realized, my God, I know this car. It used to be black. But I wasn't bothered because when I looked at the paint, it was really good. It looks really and good. Then yeah, it looks it really looks good in good. the video. I, yeah, that video I that you've checked. got, the yeah. video that you have where it's in the Porsche dealer and it's on the lift and it's going up and, and looks, the paint yeah. looks beautiful. It really does. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. So I wasn't worried. I did, I did check. Uh, so the first thing I did was uh, the, the used car dealer, uh, I know the owner, he basically sent, uh, before he sells a car, when he gets a car, he sends it to the dealership. He doesn't have his own little or he doesn't send it to his other workshop so he sends the servicing to the porsche dealership okay so the his the, the whole history of the car was with uh the dealership the porsche agent right that's good um looking back at it now that was pretty reckless not to do a ppi <laughs> and all that but. but it's so rare though like you said you know there's only a couple there's only a few of them a handful in in brunei right you probably have have you seen all of the 997.2s in brunei have you actually seen I've them? Seen, I've seen a Carrera S. Yeah. I've seen, I haven't seen all of it, but we have a, we have a small Porsche community. We have a Porsche owners group okay. in Brunei and a few, maybe three or four times a year, they have a big event where they all 
do a meetup and a drive, Fantastic. but I rarely go because I'm flying. I probably join only once a month, uh, once a year. Busy, yeah. So the the nine nine seven your your current car, your nine nine seven point two Carrera two PDK, it's in uh, crayon, so we know that color crayon, um, yep. like the sports classic color. What are, so it's got a it's got uh, what other options does the car have inside? Is it full leather? So is it got sports it's, exhaust? It's full leather, no sports exhaust. It's got sports chrono. It's got PASM. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, it's got the tip tip wheels uh, that tip controls on the steering oh, okay. wheel. Yes. But it doesn't bother me because um, I don't really. I just I, with an automatic PDK. I just drive PDK. Yeah. Um, I've used it before. It's not too bad, but I think it would be better with the paddles. I might, I might go and change the paddles. Which you could do. I've been so yeah. busy this year. I yeah, which you could do. Cost. You just change the steering wheel, right? Which is quite an expensive yeah. cost, but you can change the steering About wheel. Nine hundred pounds or a thousand pounds. Well, it depends on the airbag price. I mean, if you have to yeah. change your airbag out, I don't know whether you have to change your airbag out, but if you have to change your airbag, well then, yeah. Actually, no, you've got the round airbag, haven't you? I'm just looking at your picture. You've got your round airbag. Yeah. So it's not a pro- it's just a steering wheel. So yeah, it's probably like a yeah, probably a thousand pounds, thousand US or something yeah, like that. It, it doesn't it doesn't bother me to be honest. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. Well, right now it doesn't, but you know, I'm just happy to be driving it. Fantastic. So how is the how is the feeling then from the 991 to the 997? Because you said you know the 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 motivation was getting a smaller car, getting something with the yeah. better steering. You still got PDK. Yeah. How was the yeah, the PDK? The PDK is slower on the nine nine seven than the nine nine one. The nine nine one is better. Yeah, understandable. Uh, the nine nine one is a better car. Right. It's a better car. It's, really? But uh, when I say better, it's all subjective. So better the nine nine one. Nine nine one is a better car. It's a better car. Car. It's okay. not a better Porsche. Okay. So you've got to you've got to understand that difference. Uh, because I've had experience now driving two different Porsches. In fact, I'll tell you what, again, um, I've driven a 928 I've, uh, okay. back when I was in my 20s. Uh, yep. I, I, I had it. And, and I've driven other air-cooled 911s from different friends. And you just know that the Porsche DNA is like, it's a sports car, okay? Yes. It's like, yes. it's some, and, and that was what was missing on the 991. I'm, I don't want to disrespect 991 owners because they are still, it's still got the 911 DNA. But in terms of what I want out of my Porsche 911, I think the 997 uh, is, for me, for me anyway, is the peak Porsche 911 for myself. That's, good. Uh, That's a good way experience. of looking at it. That's a good way of looking at it. So how is it when yeah. you go on a spirited drive in the 997? Oh, Does spirit, it feel fantastic? Drive, it, it feels fantastic. It, it, especially on the back roads, um, because it's small enough. And, you know, it vibrates a little bit more than the 991. Okay. So you, you can hear the engine more and you can hear it's more mechanical. And because the PDK isn't as good, because, mind you, the 997.2 was the first time Porsche ever put PDK in their cars. Yes. So it yeah, it's the first, the first they, iteration, they, isn't it? It's the first iteration. So it correct. makes sense that the 991 is better and the 992 is probably even better still. Um, that's how it works. I mean, look, you know, the 997.2 is a great generation. I mean, I've got a 997.1, as you know. Um, You know, I I don't think about IMS, but, you know, I'm I'm guessing when you have a .2, it is 
there is a slightly better feeling there that you know that you're not going to be plagued by any other issues in the future. Not that I think anything's going to happen to my car, but, and you know, very few of them for people who don't know who are listening, 997.2, there weren't a lot made because it happened around the GFC in that period, the recession in 08, 09. So there wasn't that many being purchased or being made, I guess. Um, so they are quite rare and even more so, like you said, in Brunei. So you've got quite a special car and that color. I mean, it really does work in that color. It makes it, it kind of, I mean, I just read the article the other day, Amir, that, you know, Porsche is doing all these new PTS colors and you can do the paint to sample and you can do whatever color you want now. And it's going to be on their configurator yeah, yeah. and, you know, and I think there's a good reason for it because, you know, you do cars in these other colors. And, and like you said, this is like the sports classic color. It'll look good with the stripe on the yeah. side yours as well, by the way. Does it? I, I'm actually toying around with the idea of making it to, into, uh, I don't know, uh, bonnet um, stripe. A bit of a, like a bit of a sports classic. You could I wanted actually. To get duck, I, I wanted to get a ducktail. I wanted to get the front lip. And I, I just yeah. thought, do I want to go that road now? Do I really? Because it's going to go into spending more money uh, when at the end of the day, you know what? I've learned through the years that if you just drive the car and just don't worry too much about how much it looks well obviously the looks is important but just driving the car if that makes you happy that's almost good enough the thing is though you don't really need to do anything do you because it looks fantastic how it is the image i'm seeing you where you're parked at porsche center brunei and you i think you're next to a 992 a gray 992 and you know uh, it's, right right you know and you look at the you look at the two cars together you look at the back like you, we keep talking about porsche dna you know it's so it's so clearly apparent in both cars you know what i mean you look at the back it's like it's it's you know, it doesn't matter what generation you have, it's all there. The history of Porsche is, is, is so apparent in each, each generation. And each generation and each model, like whether it be a Cayman, a Boxster, or, you know, 991, a PDK, Tiptronic, they're all Porsche, they're all special. Um, and I, like I've always yeah. said in a few of the previous episodes, we get hung up on the, you know, what's better and what's not as good and all this, but they're all good. You know what I mean? They're all good in their own special they're way. And it depends, and it depends what you want. And like you said, you, exactly. for you, even though, and I thought it was interesting, you're saying the 901 is a better car, but for you, the 997 is the better Porsche. It's the Porsche that you want. And I think that's a good way of looking the at Porsche it. the Porsche that I want. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can look, listen, if I was a 65 year old guy, yeah, I would get the 991 or whatever, 992, whatever it is now, because it's yeah. a smoother ride. It's got all the bells and whistles. It goes faster, and it's got this beautiful PDK. It's I would probably have that, but now I'm sort of I'm about I just turned forty three, yep. and I feel like the, this is for now the nine eleven for me. So I, yeah. I wouldn't. I'm not going to slag off any nine eleven because I'm a nine eleven fanboy, and, uh, and 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 yeah, and exactly. I just think and. Yeah. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and they said, you know, I'm not a fan of the 992 because I don't like the digital dash. You know, I prefer the more analog dash. And that's why I wouldn't go any further along the line than a 991 because I like how it's, you know, the dash is still kind of more analog and they don't like the new digital dash. And I guess that just happens when new generations come out. There's always things that we don't like at first. I think we eventually all come around. Um, I still think Porsche did a really good job with that, with the dash on the 992. I still think the, the dials and everything look, pretty special especially by keeping the center dial the way it was i think it's it's still pretty special yeah the 992 is a beautiful car i think it's the prettiest prettiest looking sort of <clears throat> uh how do you call it it's just the way they design these things it's just absolutely absolutely evolution of of cars 
So, Amir, we're getting yeah. to the end. We're getting near the end of the podcast because we always like to keep them to an hour. Or I like to keep them to an hour. It's, we're about an hour and 15. Right. A couple more things I want to talk about. Oh. The first thing is I want to talk about is right. um, let's talk about, let's go into the drives, the five favorite drives. Like if someone's coming to Brunei, is there a particular road in Brunei where if someone's going there and they're going to hire a car or they've got a friend that's there or where would you take your 911 or sports car in Brunei? Is there a special, I mean, it's a small, it's only small, as you said, but is there a special road there that you yeah. would recommend? Uh, there is a special road. Well, I, special for me because it's near my house. It's only five minutes away. It's the Subok roads. So they're quite meandering and they're hilly. Uh, they're in sort of a, you don't have to drive fast. Right. Just drive the normal way, but the fact that you can drive a MX-5 there and just enjoy the whole, it's almost like canyon carving. Okay, and there's another nice. road that links to it is the, the Kota Batu Road. Uh, road's a bit rough, but it's by the river and you can sort of see glimpses of the river by the houses. And it's, I would recommend it there, but generally we don't have that many roads in Brunei. I just go, whenever I see a corner, I just <laughs> love corners, you know. But you're, you're traveling a lot, right? You're a pilot, you're, tra- you're a captain, you're traveling a lot. What about when you're in Europe? Do you get a chance to drive any cars in, in Europe when you're traveling or in London? Anything exciting? Uh, I've, never, I've never driven in Europe, but I mean, I just came back from the UK and I rented a Fiat 500. It doesn't go very fast. Uh, and it was in manual. But there's, I've, I'm not really that familiar with the roads in the UK. Um, although I've driven in Perth, I rented okay. a car once to go to a golf course there. Uh, I've never driven in Melbourne, but I hear a lot of great roads there. But no, I've, to be honest, I'm just going to be honest, I haven't, I haven't really, I don't know much about roads outside of my country. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, watches. Because I, I know you probably, right. you, we need to get, we need to finish, but watches. Your yes. Instagram is just like a treasure trove. There's everything there. There's some great things. Um, and like I said, there's some similarities. Really, and I'm going mean, to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question, which is going to be a hard one to answer. Which is your favorite? Because you've got, the, you've got the Pepsi. You've got a Black Bay Bronze, which I have, but you've got the first gen. I've got the gray. Um, you've okay. got the vintage root beer, which I think would have to be um, probably my pick. My wife's got the latest version of that. She's got the, which, the latest. Which root one is the root beer? I don't think I have the root beer. You don't? Isn't that on your Instagram? Isn't that yours? Uh, I don't think it's a root beer. Oh, no, Isn't... it's not mine. Oh, that's some not of, yours. Some of these watches aren't. Some of these watches aren't mine. I must. Oh, I thought they were yours. Sorry, my mistake. Some of them are. <laughs> no, 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 no. The vintage root beer is owned by a friend. They're oh, that's mine. a very nice watch. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, and some of the there's a gold Rolex that was not. That's not mine. No, no, no. It's um, yeah, yeah. Some of these watches I bought it at a time when they were relatively attainable. Now they're just ridiculous. You know, it's. It's I think. I've sort of, I've, I've sort of weaned myself out of the watch collecting, um, uh, watch collecting uh, sort of hobby because it's just getting too expensive. Too and expensive got, and too difficult. I've got three. I've got yeah, too difficult. I've got three kids who are, I've got to put through university in a few years' time, so I've got to save up for their. Like I said, you got to be sensible, right? So this is your last nine eleven then. That's it. Well, you Stop know looking. what? You know what? Uh, I'm looking at this you know what I, I still want a manual a manual uh, either manual 911 or there's one one car that's always popped up in my mind that's the Cayman GT4 or the Cayman GTS 4 litre yeah that would yes. be a great one 
The GTS four liter, not, I think. Yes. The GTS four liter yeah. would be a really good one. I'm just not willing to sort of. I don't want to let go of my current 911 and then suddenly realize, oh, that was a big mistake. I yeah, true. Kept the 911. But the GTS. So what I do is when. The yeah. GTS are quite expensive, though. They're still around two hundred, aren't they? Or they're less in Brunei. Uh, okay, like I told you earlier, <laughs> if you live in Brunei, the GTS four liter uh, from the Porsche configurator is about 150 to 160,000. Yeah, which is very good. Uh, the GT4 is 185,190. See, I think if you're in the market, I think if as good as much as I like that GTS 4.0, I think if you're in the market you go the GT4. I think you'd have to push it to the GT4. If you were switching out your 9 yeah. if you were switching out your 911, I think you you would have to go the GT4. Right. Yeah, but I don't yeah. think you should. I think you should keep wife, the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, right. My wife says no. And my um, my son says it's not practical. <laughs> it doesn't have four seats. You can't get a GT4. It doesn't have four seats. Yeah, that's no, right. Exactly. So um, yeah, so just to just to finish up on the watches bit. Yeah, I don't know which one. What do you? I like your Panerai. I really like your Panerai. I don't know whether it would suit my small wrist, but I like when you post pictures of it. I'm like that Panerai looks so good on Michael's hand. Yeah, I do like it. I do like it. Is the Tudor the Tudor GMT? Is that yours? Yeah. So here's a funny story, right? The Tudor GMT is mine. However, um, I've got I've got I've, I've let go of it. Oh, did you? Because I uh, yeah. So I can I can get the Tudor GMT easily because where I fly off to, I know where all the good dealers are. In fact, I was in London at Westfield uh, a week ago, a week okay. and a half ago, and I saw five. Blackberry GMTs at Westfield. Yeah, they they were. It's it's a weird one that watch because I I was on the wait list for it in London, um, and one came up and right. I and I I didn't take it up myself. I bought it for a friend, um, so I picked it up and I bought it right. for a friend. But that was when they weren't available. And you know we're in Canary Wharf area in London when we're there, and um, there's a lot there's a lot in the shops around there. There's a lot of GMTs available now. Yeah. Even the bronze, even my bronze, which wasn't available. Yeah. Uh, the grey bronze, the 2019. Yeah. You, you know they're in the window right. now, so people, you can see the market is slow. People are yeah. there are there are watches and available. There's, there's no Rolexes, uh, of course. I, there's no Rolex. No, no Rolexes. Rolexes don't even ask. I was in I, I was in Singapore two and a half three weeks ago. Nothing. I saw a Yachtmaster, and it was yeah. exhibition only. Yeah. Uh, everything is empty. And then I asked them. I just asked them a funny question. I said, "Do you have any steel Rolexes?" And and then they said. I'm so sorry, sir, but they're not available. There hasn't been any available in the last 12 months. You yeah, have to be on a waiting list. It's difficult. Like I said, I've had the, you know, so, I had the opportunity to buy them in Bahrain and I bought a few in Bahrain, but I had opportunities yeah. to buy recently. But the prices have just gone crazy yeah. where they're just too, they're, they're too high from an official dealer. They're actually higher than retail. So they're just, it's just crazy. I wouldn't pay yeah, them. Yeah, it's gone, it's, the market's gone crazy. So I would probably, um, I'm looking at uh, IWC right now. Oh yeah, nice. Getting that Mark, Mark, either the Mark 18. I do. I did mm. see the Big Pilot 43, but I think it's a bit too big for my wrist. I really love the Big Pilot. I think that's a great watch. It's worth a try on. That's yeah. for sure. The Big Pilot's a great watch. Um, as is, and the Speedmaster. Yeah. The Speedmaster is yours, Amir. Yeah, I've got my. That was my first mechanical watch. The Speedmaster. Is it? That was my first one as well. That was my yeah, I think one. I think yeah. if you're watch if you're watch collecting, you should at least 
own that once. I mean, you don't have to. I mean, it's if you can afford it, but if you can get a used one, you can get used ones. They're not they're not exp- that expensive. No, they're not. And someone asked. People have asked me that question, and I always I always say that first. I get I say get a Speedmaster Professional if you can get one. It doesn't have to be a new one. Yeah. Get an old one. Get a vintage one. But I think yeah. the Speedmaster Professional for the size of it, you know. The, the reliability of it, it's such a reliable watch compared to my Panerais, yeah, which right. have been serviced quite a lot of times, apart from really? apart from the this one I've got on, the mechanical one, the hand winding. But the automatic yeah, Panerais, yeah. Are just, they're just quite troublesome. Yeah. They need a lot of servicing. So Speedmaster. I've got one that I'm looking good. at, the, the Seamaster 300. I don't know. I was a kid oh, in yeah. the 90s, right? I was I was born in the 90s. Uh, not born. I was The 90s was like Nirvana, yeah, Oasis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and... One of the things that I remember was watching, I uh, remember James Bond, 007, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, yeah, Goldeneye. Uh, he had what this blue, he had this Goldeneye, he had this blue Seamaster that could shoot yeah. laser out. Yeah. And, and I always <laughs> liked that watch. And now I'm looking at the market and I'm like going, hmm, it's affordable. Should yeah. I? No, Amiga's are still a good watch to buy. I mean, at least it's, with Amiga, well, most of them, you can still get an Amiga. You know what I mean? Apart from the apart from the Snoopy one, which just came out, the Speedmaster Snoopy, which no one can get. But most Amigas are quite right. easily easy to find, right. Um, right. except for that one. Can can I can I just finish off my story now? Yes. Uh, going out of watches and just to telling you the closing, the full circle. Yes. So I saw. Well, I was I just going to say to guy. you, Amir. I was just going to say to you before yeah. we go. Is there anything else you want to say to the listeners? So let's finish it off with this. Yeah. So, so, so the 911 that I saw from the pilot who came on the career talk yes. was a uh, uh, 1980s 911. He interviewed me for my job for the cadet interview. I was in the back seat of his car because he had he had brought me for a ride with another pilot during uh, one of the times that we had a meetup. And years later, I bought my own 97 and then a 911, and finally my 997. And now we work together because we're now friends. We're good friends. Uh, and this is a funny bit. One day, uh, I, he, he saw my car and I, I sent him home. And I said, like, why don't you drive it? So he drove my 911 <laughs> and I sat there and I thought about it. And I thought, my God, it has been 25 years. And it was this guy was the reason I know. why I'm now f- flying. That's, and, that's why, a great and he story. looked at me yeah. and he just smiled and I, yeah, and then and I keep on telling him like, you know, you're the reason why I bought this man. This is your fault. It's and, crazy, isn't it? It's that that it's, day you saw him getting out of his black out of his nine eleven, walking into the school to give you that career talk, and and you've become friends. Exactly, and it's like yeah, now you're exactly. a pilot. It's great. It's a great story. Yeah, it is. It is. So I I, I think of you get these little inspiration. It doesn't have to be a nine eleven. You know, it could be anything. It could be any car. It could be any goal that you want. But as long as you hang on to it and you work hard for it. And it's not, you, know, you might not get it now. Um, you might not get it next year. But if you work at it and you just, you just don't give up on something, you just, it, it, it'll eventually come, I think. That's, that's what I believe anyway. Well said, yeah. Set a goal and, and just remember it's not going to happen. It might not happen today, but if you, have, you know, yeah. if, if you have faith in it, it will happen eventually. So that's, I think that's yeah, a great yeah. way to end the podcast. To, to, to all the listeners of your, 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 this podcast, Thanks for hanging on to this, to listen to my story and click and subscribe and comment. And, oh, yes, I was going to intend of being one of your patrons, but I always keep on forgetting. That's all right. And no problem. Be a patron for Just, Michael. He's got a great podcast. 
just the support, just the support of listening. And I, I really appreciate you, you know, you telling me you're listening to the podcast and listening to it. It's just those sort of, those sort of stories make me want to keep doing uh, it. You know what I mean? Um, it's a labor, uh, it's, uh, I'll call you, it a labor of love, you, a passion of love. Um, you oh, know, great. and so it's, yes. it's, 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 you know, you're, you're I love honest, listening you're, to you. I love, yeah. Amir, your owner story is number 63. So we're up to number 63 already. Wow. That's what you are. Wow. So. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's <laughs> I mean, I'm impressed, really. The fact is, I listen to you, you on my school runs. Okay. You know, my school runs, like 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back. And it's just really, and it's informative as well, because I learned things about, like, uh, certain things like um, the prices and also the what's wrong with certain cars. And there's certain nuggets of knowledge that I thought, oh, I didn't know that. You know, I didn't Oh, that's know. great. And, and, you know, it's because of you, because I look at the 996 in a different light now. Yeah. Because I used to think the nine and six was the ugly duckling. But now that I think about it and I look at it and every time I look at it now, it's like, well, oh, it's actually a nice Thing, Things nice are changing. Car. Things are changing. <clears throat> when I saw that image in that, yes. before we go, that image in the Porsche Unseen book, which is a great book. If anyone hasn't bought it, you should buy it. Porsche Unseen with all the concept photos of, um, of the Porsches. There's a picture in there that I think is like a pre-996 or something based on a 996. And you get to... I think you appreciate the 996, and I've said this before in an earlier episode, you get to appreciate the 996, the curves of the 996, you know what I mean, which you don't really, which you overlook because you're so transfixed on on the headlights that people are always commenting about or the yellow amber markers on the earlier models. But if you just look at that shape... Um, yeah. it really has aged very, very well. I mean, as Porsches do, as 911s do, it really has aged very well. And the designers had such a, such an insight when they were doing that car, you know what I mean? And it's had a lot of criticism and I yeah. think it's actually come back around, yeah. which is good. It's a good thing. Yeah. Amir, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for being on, um, owner stories today. Um, thank you for joining me from your hotel room quarantine. It's been great from Brunei. Really appreciate it. No, no, thank you. Thank you for invite, uh, for letting me share my story. No, I really enjoy it. Thank you so much. It's a great story in full circle as well. Fantastic. Yes, <laughs> yes. All right, everyone. That's uh, Thank you, Amir. All right, everyone. That's Amir coming in from Brunei. Uh, Amir, Amir has owned a few Porsches from that very first Cayman S, that 987.1 Cayman S. He's red 991 Carrera 2, and now he's very special in that unique color in the, in the crayon. 2009 Porsche 911, second generation 997 Carrera 2 in PDK. All right, everyone, that's it for the Porsche Cool podcast today. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.